Hello everyone and welcome to the Winging F1 podcast. We will be previewing the French Grand Prix but also talking about some of the news floating around the weird and wonderful world of F1. And to do that, I am joined by Nigel Chu from London with his Eurosport headset on. Nigel, how are you? Uh, very well, Adam, as you asked me just about five minutes ago before we started recording. <laughs> so, yeah, and I know you're well as well so because that's what you told me. Yes, I did. Um how are you coping with the heat wave? Oh, it's not nice, to be honest. And, yeah, well, we're recording this before Tuesday, which is when my graduation is. I think Adam's going to be there as well, even though he's not graduating. But, you know, yeah. uh, I'm sure he can come along as well. <laughs> but, yeah, it's going it's to be so hot. They've got, like, an emergency crew there, I think, just in case uh, someone faints, I guess, or something. Which hopefully no one does. Uh, no, sorry, I'm not... Not looking for, yeah, I, I'm being serious. Yeah, that is true. So I'm not no, looking no, forward. like what I was going to say was this is all like wild to everyone here, but I went to people's graduation in Oklahoma with this weather and it was just like normal. So it's, yeah, like, it's but, not phasing me as much as everyone else at the university. Yeah, but you're not having to wear a black gown and a suit, are you? <laughs> no, that is true. That is true. I wear a white shirt and white shorts, probably. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's uh, uh, Oklahoma, it's like everyone would leave. It was in the hall and everyone would come out of the hall and it was like right opposite the football stadium and the cool like yeah. attractive side of the football stadium. So people would get photos with their parents there and then immediately take everything off um, oh, and just wow. be in like their you know, like dress or... I might just turn up in like a short t-shirt and do yeah. my left-handed shake with a guy. Yeah, do it. <laughs> do it and the fist on. And a fist on and a star <laughs> jump. <laughs> yeah. And a press up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, you got it all sorted. Um, but... Yeah, it's, how how do you feel about graduating? Uh, you know me, I, I I'm only going because my parents want to go. I think it's point. I think it's pointless. I, I I don't. It's it's just I don't see the point really. It's, it's just a piece of paper at the end of the day. I mean, even when I got my result, I didn't really care. Out like, of university education. Well, I mean, you've already got a job, so it doesn't even matter. You could have failed. But even like my A levels and that, I, it's just letters. That's that's how I see. It. It's just letters and numbers and paper like it's just that's that's the world to me people like people so i'm going well after <laughs> people like this is this is a normal conversation by the way like if people are listening to podcasts this is this is the real me people just at the end of the day what's a letter or a number gonna do it's not gonna harm you is it it's not like a monster is it so that's how i see it if, if, if your like university offer is like aab and you get BBB, then there's two letters are going to harm you very much because you're going to go to a different university. It's just a letter, though. It's just a letter. There's, there's other way yeah, around. It's a, le- it's a letter that changes your whole life. Yeah, but it could change your life for good or bad. But it comes no, to- but it's still, it's not insignificant. It still changes your life completely. Yeah, but I don't know. I just think, to me, maybe that's because how how where I am now because I just see things like... Actually, I guess rather than honestly, but when I you don't wear glasses. Last, since I was about 60 or 70, that's how I see the world. So, yeah, <laughs> why not just so good at snooker? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see everyone graduate, even though I'm not graduating myself. Right, I'm excited to see people, obviously, a bit, but not excited. I'm content, <laughs> I'm content to see people, <laughs> but you know, uh, yeah, yeah. anyway. This is a normal Nigel conversation. It's actually it's normal yeah. Nigel conversation. <laughs> um, even but, like when I'm, even when we're sending messages, you can probably read it in my voice. Like, how? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway. absolutely. 
Um, but yeah, we will drag it back to Formula One. And I was trying to think of a, uh, yeah, actually, what, um, speaking of this, what grade would you give Daniel Ricciardo's season so far? What letter out of A to U would you, or A star to you because we're in Britain? Yeah, but it's just that? a letter though. So a U, no. <laughs> right. Using the normal system, it's got to be D, I think. I yeah. think it's better than last year. I remember the mid-season review last year, we were talking about him. I think we gave him something stupid, like, not stupid, we gave him something like an F or an E, I think, I can't remember. But I think this year hasn't been as bad for Ricardo compared to last year, but it's still nowhere near good enough. He's, you know, regularly off the pace compared to Norris, even when Norris had, like, an older, an older engine in Austria, for example, Norris was still ahead. Uh, I just think... I think he's gone. I, I think he's he's got absolutely no confidence. He doesn't understand the car as well. Uh, I remember writing an article after Monaco last year and how Ricardo spoke about how he just didn't know why he was losing time. That was, you know, after Monaco last year, there'd only been like five races, so you can make the excuse of always oh, new to the team. He's uh, having to understand the car, but nothing has really changed much since then. So it just goes to show if a driver is good enough, they will get used to a car, they will get used to a team almost straight away. We've seen countless examples of that with Russell, you know, for example, this year uh, and, you know, over, over the years in F1. So that hasn't changed. And we were talking about on the podcast how Ricardo was the new Alex Albon after Austria last year as well. You know, people say, oh, you can't be saying that, it's too early, it's the first season, whatever. But we're right, you know, it just shows. Those first eight, nine races of a campaign, most of the time, it sets the trend for how the rest of your career can go at a team, unless you, unless you change teams. And nothing has changed, really, since then. So, yes, it's a little bit better, he's had some better results. But in terms of his actual driving... I think he's still got no confidence. And I think I don't see how it's gonna change. So Yeah. And, and in terms of in terms of the results, he's only he's only scored points on Sunday the same amount of times as Norris has failed to score points. Like it's really wow. you know, he's he's just not he's got three three finishes in the top ten over the season. Norris is way up, you know, kind of leading the best of the rest um pack in the championship right now, and he's just not had yeah he's he's just not really had any anything stand out for a while you know at Silverstone he was just so far off the pace and he didn't understand you know he was saying he just didn't understand where it was coming from and he turned up to Austria and didn't really um you know he didn't set the world alight there I think he was better but he didn't you know show Jeremy's there and it's just not it's kind of been one thing after another and it's you know similar to Alvin there's just like not a weekend where he gets in and it all goes smoothly really and that's like you know i think you've summed it up perfectly by this stage of a driver of his quality if it was going to click it should have clicked by now so and that's the thing our expectations are so low now we're just saying you know we want yeah. to match norris but really when he joined mclaren we were taught everyone was talking about you know he was good, you know this is where he can become world champion he can add to his race wins which he did obviously with Monza, but that turned out to be a one-off weekend yeah. really uh and even then you can argue norris was a bit faster and he played the team orders game by not attacking him. Um, the drive to survive win. It's a storyline win rather than a, you know, career. Yeah. 
for improving with. It's just, I never thought I'd be talking about a driver of, of that quality of Ricardo uh, like this. It is, this downfall is, is so bizarre. There's, there's not mm. many examples in F1 ever where a driver has, you know, had been so good and then to drop so much. Even Vettel, I don't think Vettel's downfall was this bad, no. I don't think. Alex Albon springs to mind at Red Bull, but... <laughs> no, we're not bringing that up. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. just, I, I, I don't know what's gone wrong. And, and he's 33, yeah. which was mm. shock. I don't know. In my mind, I just thought he was kind of late 20s, you know, like maybe 30, 31. 33 is old, like... Maybe, you know, I know there are, I know drivers are going longer in their careers and, you know, Hamilton's 37 and whatever. But in terms of that is really a time where you are thinking about how many more seasons, even if he was driving well, you'd be thinking how many more seasons can we get out of no, I don't think, I think, I think if you're driving well, I think you can, you can go on for as long as you want. I, I'd be looking yeah, and who you stop driving well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. it's not 33. It's kind of like, it's not, you can't like rediscover this. Well, I mean, you can, but it's it's kind of it's just more unlikely than if you're like 26 or whatever. So, yeah, I just I don't know. I was he was older than I expected, and that kind of just removes, you know, it's not it's not kind of a long term thing, or you know, for McLaren don't have loads of years to throw away anyway. So, yeah, I think it's I think the writing seems to be on the wall. He's contracted until 2023, yes. the end of 2023. Do you think that means anything? I don't really. Surely there have to be some breakout clauses. Clauses. If there isn't, which Ricardo seems to be, you know, banging on about that he is contracted until next year. If there aren't any breakout clauses, I'll be staggered, and it's McLaren's fault for not having those breakout clauses for performance or bad, bad performance. So I'm guessing there are. If there aren't, then and if he does stay, then McLaren have really made a massive mistake when they signed a contract uh, two two years ago now. Uh, so yeah, I think I think they'd even be willing to pay him to leave a bit like mm. what Ferrari did with Raikkonen uh, in twenty first, like uh, Raikkonen spell twenty first century before he went. <laughs> yeah, two thousand nine it was. Yeah, uh, when they brought in Alonso. Uh, mm. I think they might even be willing to do that because at the end of the day, if you don't perform in sport, if you don't perform in F1, you're not you can't you can't stay at a team. What why would a team want a driver, especially of that quality, who's underperforming so so much? I mean, yes, he will have the odd great race. I'm sure I'm sure he, you know, he'll he'll get a fifth or a sixth or he'll do something brilliant in the second half of the season, but it's about that consistency, and we haven't. He hasn't been able to able to put put in a run of three or four races at all over eighteen months now, and that is completely unacceptable, really. Uh, yeah, and you know, it's not the only the only situation where I'd expect there to be him not have those clauses in his contract is if it was someone huge stepping down, like if, it, if they'd signed Verstappen and Hamilton stepping down kind of from a higher team to a lower team, but they basically got to write the contract themselves. Like he wasn't, you know, he was coming from Renault. He was coming from another midfield slot. There wasn't really kind of a big battle to, you know, it would have been McLaren versus Renault really to, for his signature. So, um, you know, I just, I, I can't see there not being some way to get out of it. And that's, you know, obviously, People sign contracts and the headline is the end date. But, you know, in, in sport, there is nearly always these clauses that you can get out of. And, yeah, I'd, I would be extremely surprised. I know Ricardo keeps kind of hopping back to it. But, 
I'd be I'd be so surprised if there's not a way they can get out. And like like you say, I just I I think they'd be willing to pay him, you know, a, a decent chunk really, just because he's getting not... paid a decent chunk now for being oh, yeah. Norris. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, it's not like they should. Although I think Alpine is clearly faster this year, they're still in the battle for fourth in the constructors' championship. And if Ricardo was able to you know, match Norris or be able to get kind of somewhere near Norris, then they would be, they would have a decent lead in that. And, you know, whether that's going to be the case at the end of the season, I don't know, but especially Norris doing everything himself right now to, to help out McLaren in that area. So, yeah. This I, think, not... I think McLaren's problems are bigger than, I don't think they care too much about after four, four. They've been four for years now, aren't they? I think, you know, and I mean, this is a whole different issue, but they're showing no signs of getting back to the top. Uh, hmm. So, I think fourth place or fifth place in the constructors doesn't really. I mean, yes, there's a money aspect, but McLaren have been long talking about, you know, trying to get back to the top, just like Ferrari, mm. but they haven't done it over the last three or four years. But that's a whole different issue. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't, I still think fourth will be big for them. It's still like you want to, you want to do the best out of the teams you're fighting. And at the moment, you know, they're not able to fight yeah. the ladies or higher, but. I think that is a realistic target and as a competitive team, then, you know, I'd imagine that's what they're aiming for. And yeah, I think there's probably a bigger McLaren discussion to have at some point and it's not now, but yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely disappointing looking back at where they were with uh, Norris and Science to where they are now. There's not been that step forward at all, but yeah, I still, I still think, you know, if they can get fourth in championship, that'd be huge. I don't think they can, but it's, you know, I think that is because of well, you know, partly down to Ricardo that he's not playing that sporting driver. So, yeah. But so, um, do you think he's gone at the end of this year? Yes, I do. Do you? Yes. And who do you think's replacing him? <laughs> That's the big question, isn't it? That is the big there's question. There's lots of talk. I'll, I'll just provide a bit of context first uh, for the viewers in case you haven't heard it. But yeah, Colton Herter, IndyCar driver, he had a test. Uh, earlier this week, so like would have been 12th of July-ish uh, in Portimao, Adam's favourite circuit. <laughs> uh, so he had his first McLaren F1 test there. Alex Pelot has joined McLaren Racing, well, kind of, because there's a massive spat between his current IndyCar team, Chip Ganassi, who announced that he is staying for 2023, only for a few hours later, Pelot said, no, I'm not, and then McLaren announced He's joined McLaren Racing. Now, they didn't say McLaren IndyCar. They just said McLaren mm. Racing. So that could be extremely formerly F1 IndyCar because McLaren have teams in, in, in all those series. Uh, but yeah, I think that dispute between the Chip Ganassi and uh, McLaren IndyCar teams, at least, or, or McLaren Racing is going to go to the court, quite frankly, because I have no idea what's happened there. Uh, and then you got the F1 drivers. You know, will someone like Sebastian Vettel decide to whose contract runs out at the end of this year. Will he decide to go from Aston Martin to McLaren? Uh, Pierre Gasly has already signed for Tower. He would have been an option, but since he's just signed, I don't think he's going to go there. And then Alex Albon, perhaps? I don't know. There's a few drivers on the F1 grid. So, uh, to answer your question, after providing context, I think Pelot. I think it's going to be a surprise move, I think, because he is the IndyCar champion. Yes, he didn't show too much when he was racing in Europe, uh, but I think there was no reason for him to leave Chip Ganassi as the champion as well. You know, someone who's beaten 
Scott Dixon uh, in most races. Scott Dixon's one of the greatest IndyCar drivers there's ever been. I think the only reason he signed for McLaren Racing is because of a possible F1 seat. So that is my uh, could, take. Could that be a possible F1 seat in a year or two? Could possibly. It be... Possibly. It could be 2024. But then I would I would have thought he would have stayed at Chip Ganassi for for another year. I don't see why right. he would move to McLaren IndyCar because Chip Ganassi is one of the top teams. Yeah, and McLaren are like, well, McLaren still a top team because they got Pato Award who, who was fighting for the championship last year, but they're not. They don't quite have the same status, I guess. It'd be a bit like McLaren moving from Ferrari to like Mercedes. Like, yeah, I guess. Ugh. I know because McLaren kind of new to IndyCar, so I, I can't really make a comparison. But yeah, oh, it'd, be, well. it'd be like going from one of the top, one of the top teams, to like the second tier. Uh, okay. Obviously, in IndyCar, you can still fight for the championship a bit. Uh, but yeah, I think lead. I think, yeah, I will go for Palo right now. I think I'd, I'd, that'd be quite exciting as well. Mm. See, I think I think um, I think Gasly would be the best option in terms of mm. in the car. Like, I don't. I think it would be a good move for him kind of getting, I know McLaren haven't been, haven't really made that progress, but still getting to a standalone um, team that I guess has those ambitions of fighting for the championship someday or fighting for a race wins or whatever. And again, like we said with Ricardo, um, you know, yes, he's contracted for another year, but yeah, I'd imagine. Look, it, in Gasly has just signed one, though. Hasn't yeah, it? but like, you know, if, how if many instances it, can you think of when a team has signed a driver and then a month or two months later, they, you know? Yeah, I can't think of any. Mm, but like, I, you know, in sport, if a team wants it enough, then it will happen. Like the money will talk, and it will happen. So, I think if a team and driver want it bad enough, then that will happen. I don't think it will, though. I think that'd be the best fit on paper in terms of I think he'd be the best drive going in. I don't know so much about the IndyCar drivers, but and then Vettel and Albon are really kind of weird ones. Like I just didn't if Vettel went in, I think it'd be great for Norris. I think it'd be great, you know, you can learn off Nor uh sorry, learn off Vettel and not probably have, you know, the challenge kind of weak. Oh, I forgot another option. This is probably actually the best op uh Piastri. I forgot about that. Yeah, I was I was going to mention yeah, sorry. him later, but yeah, I just Vettel and Albon seem a bit left field. Like I wouldn't have expected them to come in. Um, Vettel, I can see, I can see yeah. that because that experience, you know, kind of mentoring Norris with things that Aston Martin don't seem too great at the moment. Yeah. Well, McLaren's not that great either, but McLaren is a bit more of a step up. I'd say they've got bigger ambitions. I think. So Vettel, I could see Albon, pro probably not. But yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't. I guess for for Albon, it's a move at the grid. It's just I don't know. You're getting someone who might be able to fight with Norris, but I wouldn't expect him to be able to beat Norris. And then it's kind of where I don't know what you're getting from that. Really, you're not getting the experience that you would with Vettel. So it seems a bit of it. He's not a. To, mm, he has done really well this season. He's still he's got a Red Bull link as well. Yeah. Would Red Bull let him go to McLaren? Um, I think so. It'd be... Um, I thought of a perfect perfect comparison. No, 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 sorry. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think they... I think they would. Or, you know, again, I think they could... There could be ways around that. But um, it's just a bit... He's not... 
he's not kind of proven and reliably fast enough to be, you know, a kind of rival for Loris right now. And he doesn't have the experience of Vettel. So he kind of doesn't fit into either camp well enough for me. Piastri is a very interesting one. He is in McLaren's stable of reserve drivers, which I didn't even remember being announced at the start of the season. But yeah, he obviously won Formula Renault Euro Cup, Formula 3 and Formula 2 back to back to back and then didn't get a shot in F1. So yeah, I think he'd be a great one to see on the grid. I think, would McLaren want a rookie coming in? I I think they wouldn't mind it because that's what... I think Norris is experienced enough now, what? It's 2019, four seasons, five seasons uh, next year. That is enough, I think. Yeah. Uh, and I think Alpine need to, they have said many times to, you know, Piastri will be on the grid and they're willing to put him at a team for a year or two years. Mm. It looks like Alonso and Ocon are going to stay unless Alonso moves on, I guess. Uh, so, so unless Piastri goes to, Williams, maybe. Then McLaren. Yeah, it's going to be Williams or McLaren if he's going to be on the grid, I think. I can't mm. it. Has? No, not Haas. Well, well, I mean, it depends. Like, if Vettel went to McLaren, then he could replace Vettel at Aston. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah I think, you know, he he's just, he's worth a shot, like, surely. I think he's... Has to be. Yeah. yeah. So, I'd, I'd really like, he's the one I'd most probably like to see um but i am quite intrigued by the um by the indie car options i'd, I'd be yeah. really interested to see how how that worked because you know it could pave the way for more in future or it hasn't happened for such a long time since yeah. Sebastian Bourdais, i think 2007 ish yeah was uh the champion well they had like a split so he was like one of the champions they had like a split and stuff but yeah he joined toy rosso and obviously didn't go very well uh, but I just think, I don't know, it's weird, because like, why is Colton Herter testing a McLaren F1 car? That, you know, that surely means something. He wouldn't just be doing it, you know, randomly. Like, there's been obviously a lot of talk about Herter. He came really close to joining Alfa Romeo last year as well. Like, a lot closer than people think. Uh, there's that American factor as well. Uh, mm. Because, you I... know, F1's pushing for an American driver. But that, I, I, I think he's overhyped, to be honest. Uh, and Pillow's a bit more under the radar kind of thing, so I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see one of them get it. I didn't realise it was Pillow rather than Palau, so I showed how much I know. But yeah, I think the last <laughs> the last um, American F1 driver was 2015, I want to say. Um, Alex Rossi. Yeah, so it, it's it's been all right. I, I think there is really... Um, there would be a lot of appetite from F1 and probably from McLaren as well, because they've already got the American link, but kind of strengthening that and kind of corporately pushing the brand. But from the from F1, that will be huge. You know, they imagine they'll really, really want a F, uh, American F1 driver on the grid and with three races in America next year, then having that in place as well. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's there. I don't know. It, it's just... You know, the test could just be kind of looking at where Herter is in the car. And, you know, it might, it, it, I think it means he's in the conversation. I don't think it means anything more than that because, you know, it can it can be evaluation and um, they've got, I mean, Piastri is going to be test, uh, going, doing a free practice session. He was meant to do France, but he's now going to do after the summer break. So, yeah, I think 
I think all of like all of the kind of ones who'd be making their debut would be interesting to for different reasons, but I think Piastri is maybe the one I don't know. I think he deserves it the most and it'd be interesting to see. I think Gasly on paper yeah. would be the best option, but I don't see it happening. So what's your answer? Piastri. Piastri. Yeah. Uh, it's weird because I don't think there's a favourite, is there? I mean, obviously these things can play out in September, October, it might you know could be could be during the summer break. But it's to me, everyone's got an equal chance right now. You know, everyone's got a twenty percent chance. Yeah. Five sex drives we mentioned. It's, I, it's, I think weird. it I think it will come down to who I, I, I think McLaren, because as you say, there's nothing to kind of split them on paper. I think their McLaren relationship will really come down to it in terms of whoever impresses the most on a test or, you know, whoever they just have the best, I guess, personal relationship with. That's I why think. I think Pelo, because I think Zach mm. Brown and him must have talked a lot about this. And as I think he's moved his left chip Ganassi mm. to the IndyCar team for this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So, but equally, I mean, I'm saying I'm still thinking Ricardo might still be there. Like, there's, there's a little bit of me thinks, you know, because McLaren are not at the top anyway, they might just if hang him, you know, hang around with him for another year. I don't know. It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Yeah, yeah you might just come to say hello. Uh, no, I think yeah, we'll 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 see. Like you say, it's just it seems so up in the air. So we'll keep tabs on it and we will cover it. Mm. Probably in the summer break if we do a silly season episode, which we probably will, and then we'll yeah, cover yeah. it after after an announcement is made either way. Although I guess they won't announce that he's staying. It will just be that he does stay. Yeah. Um and is you know, if he does pick up form, then things could change as well. Or if he just shows even if he shows a three rate stretch where he's battling Norris consistently, that could be enough to convince them to stay for another year. Cause mm. you know, it would taking out a drop but it's just like it just seems so low risk to replace him because like you can't. How yeah. can you have worse performance now? Like the just the the distance of the floor versus the distance of the ceiling of where that mm. second McLaren seat could be is you know just so much. There's so much more room to go up. So it just doesn't seem like a big risk to replace him to me. But yeah, we'll have to see on that. Before we move on to talking about some of the drivers and the French Grand Prix, then we have a listener submission. Well, not a listener submission, but we've got a submission. <laughs> yeah, so do I, actually. Uh, we've got a submission on this debate from a certain Frederick Coates. And he's, you know, he, he's got an interesting take. I don't think he agrees entirely with us, but he is basically saying that um, he thinks Ricardo will stay at McLaren unless Vettel leaves or retires from F1 and then he Ricardo should take uh, Vettel's Aston Martin. He should go out for it. So he says no chance. He should continue to fight for F1. He wants to be there and while his form is peak his, and while his form is peaky, he's still fast from his side. He should continue. Leave McLaren is a different question. It's still a bizarre, it's clearly a bizarre car and hasn't suited him. If he can wrangle the drive in an Aston or Williams, then he should because the chances are they will suit him better and he can unlock performance. But McLaren is his F1 lifeline. The option is on his side. From that side, I think Danny Rick will stay for 2023. Um, There's a line in there where he says, it's clear, clearly a bizarre car and hasn't suited him. 
absolute <laughs> rubbish for Eddie. He's had 18 months. He's had, he's had two completely, completely different regulation changes. You know, last year, 2021, the, the older cast now, and this year, and he still hasn't suited him. What do you want? You can't gift him like, a car. Rubbish. I'm not having that. He's not performing. Get rid of him. I agree with you. I don't, I think it's kind of gone, gone past that side now. And also, you know, like what, this is a bizarre car, like Norris is, Norris is nailing it. Like Norris is, you know, it, it's suiting him and you can't, how can you design your car for your 33 year old driver or like have a compromise where, you know, you're going to harm Norris's chances when he's clearly the future of um, McLaren. So yeah, I, you know, I, I've agreed with a lot of Freddie's takes over this podcast. I mean, there's been like 135 episodes that so would be pretty, pretty bad if I'm really, but this one, yeah, I, I just, I just don't think he should. I think he might like that's um, yeah. I think that's a different kind of, I, you know, I think it's possible that he does, but I don't think he shouldn't. I think it's more likely that he's not on the grid in Papaya next year. If he did leave McLaren, where, like, what do you think are his options? Do you think he has options? I guess it could just be replacing whoever replaces him, if it's Albon or Vettel or someone else from the grid. Now, that's the thing, isn't it? He's underperformed that much. I've gone from just leaving McLaren to saying, I don't think he should be an F1. Now, will he be an F1? Yeah, I don't think he'll be an F1. I think this is his final season. I think he's going to. Do Indy? No, I don't think he'll do IndyCar. He does like America. Sure. Yeah, and I don't know. I've not really thought about it, but thinking about it now on the spot, I don't think he'll be an F1. I think oh, no, it's a tricky one. It depends on like who replaces him. If it's Piastri, then you know. If it, sorry, if it is Vettel, then I guess it could be a straight swap. But yeah, I'm going it, to also weird it one. and say I don't think he'll be an F1. I don't know what he's going to do, but yeah. It, it's also a weird one because it depends how the replacement comes in. Like, mm. if Albon or Vettel or Piastri or Herta come in and absolutely stink, then, like, it will be a Gasly effect where it looks a lot more favourable on Ricardo because it's not just him. So I think... See, the thing is, like, I just don't get where, like, he's not going to go to Merck, Red Bull or Ferrari. And then the, the other places, because he's kind of going up against experienced drivers, then you've got Bottas, who's been good for Alfa Romeo this season, has shown more over the past two years that he should be on the grid than Ricardo Haas, who, again, with Kevin Magnussen, I don't really, I don't, well, I think you can make the argument, but I just don't. Thing I think Magnussen showed more this season. I don't think there's a reason that you should get rid of Magnussen. He's showing what you want from that position, and you bring in Ricardo. And you know, if it goes downhill, I think Latifi is the only one that, like on paper, I could see him replacing. But it's just the money aspect. So, yeah, I I did actually. Either way, he would take a massive pay cut. Now, whether that matters to him or not, I'm not sure. But rather than staying for you know getting 15 million from. McLaren for another year, he'll be getting a massive pay cut if he goes to Williams or Haas. Yeah, Aston. It's I don't know. It's it's the game though, isn't it? Like yeah. if you don't if you don't perform, you don't get paid. Like it's that it's that easy. And you know I don't. Yeah, it's just it's just Williams. But again, I don't really. 
know, is Latifi kind of, um, yeah, I, mm, maybe that's the one. There's going to be lots of rumours about this, I think. I think there's going to yeah. be a lot of, like, you know, little reports and people saying, oh, it's, you know, such and such. And I think... Yeah. Anytime you speak like with anyone. Yeah, I feel like my opinion is going to change quite a bit over the next couple of months. But right now, I'll try to stick with my opinion. I don't think he'll be an F1, just purely because of his performance is that bad. Uh, I see I, I came into this and I was thinking yeah he'll find another F1 seat but now I'm looking down the list and there's really not any easy seats like there's not well, well let's say that's this why would a team want him markability I guess Mark, marketability is it marketability yeah. marketability marketability I don't know well because of that uh, because you know he's still even though he's not a top driver now he's got that character that personality uh it's the driver I he guess, was. It's whether yeah. it's the belief that he can rediscover exactly. that form. Exactly. That's what it is. Um, so, yeah. And like Nicky, you could just say McLaren, it, you know, it just didn't work out at that team for whatever mm. reason and that kind of thing. But, yeah. You know. But now it's a gamble. Like two years ago, any team yes. bringing in Ricardo, it was, you're going to be great. Like mm. you're sort of, you're bringing in a star driver. And now it's, it's a gamble. He could rediscover this. Um, so, yeah, and I'll just quickly read off um, what Freddie said about who should replace him, even though he doesn't think he will be replaced. This is really hard. You need an adaptable driver, someone who can be very fast. That's without Freddie's voice, Adam. Back. Come on. Do you want to try it? Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> oh, exactly. Sure. <laughs> um, he's been very fast in lots of different cars and is free for a move. Basically, no one on the grid. That's why I'm in favour of fresh blood. Uh, Colton Herter or Pato Award, who we've not talked about, from IndyCar in Oscar Piastri, perhaps too. As rookies, they can be nurtured into the McLaren way of driving an F1 car better. It worked with Norris. Why not one of them? Question is contracts, but weirdly, I can see Piastri in Papaya. He goes with Piastri as well. I'm actually even like... 15 minutes later than we were talking about it, I'm thinking, I don't know, I'm kind of leaning more towards Vettel already. Okay, all right, you've changed but, uh, your mind already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even then, I'm like, sticking with my left field pillow, you know. I'm going to stick to get into, like, Vettel's car instead. So, yeah, I'm actually I'm actually going to change my prediction. But like you say, lots more will change depending on what rumours mm-hmm. come out. Uh, but, yeah, Freddie is saying, no, it shouldn't. Um, no, he shouldn't get replaced, you should say, with McLaren. But if he is, then... Piastri is the one for Freddie. But finally, moving on to another midfield driver who's had better performances this season. It's Esteban Ocon. Nigel, you wanted to talk about him, so take it away. Yeah, it's his home race this weekend. Uh, and I don't think... Well, it's not been talked about that much at all by anyone this year. It's, he's ahead of Alonso in the championship. I don't think the standings uh, really prove... Like it doesn't tell it doesn't tell the full story, let's say, because I think Alonso has been a bit better. Ocon's still been solid, and it's just it's a weird one because a few years ago he was being touted to you know replace Bottas at Mercedes. It just seems that hype over the last twelve months has almost gone about him. He's all stuck at Alpine, and you know that 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 might not that might not be a bad thing if Alpine do continue to improve. It's just I don't know he's, he's not been talked about anywhere near as much as he used to be, I guess. I don't know if it's because, you know, the clothes are now being talked about a lot more and so science and that kind of thing because they are at the front. But the Ocon, because he is in that young generation, but he's always kind of been forgotten about a little bit. And 
you know, I can't see him. He's contracted to help him until 2024, I think, because he's had a three-year deal last year. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just a bit of that status has gone slightly, even though he hasn't been performing badly, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I think it's just because he went in and really dominated Perez in uh, Force India. And then I think it's also just a bit of an emotional thing where, you know, you see this driver and he's got the story that he has where he's had to really fight for this seat and then, you know, get gets to it and it seems to be taken away from him because of money. It's kind of the ultimate negative F1 story. So I think that may be, you know, fueled a lot of the discourse around him and his his career. But I agree. I just, I you know, I don't, I didn't think, I don't know, I, I never kind of really bought into the rumours that he would replace Bottas. I know it was kind of talked about, but, I don't know. I just it didn't seem like the right time for them to make that switch. But yeah, I think I think it's fair. I think it's just you know he's not. If yeah, if, if he was coming in, you know, if he was going to be that championship contender and that you know star of the future, then you'd expect that he'd have been able to you know beat Alonso or at least match Alonso. And mm. like you say, Alonso just has had the edge over him. It's not a huge edge, but you know, it's it's still there and. I think that's the reason. It's just you know you need to be need to be beating your teammate really, unless you're George. Oh, he is just with a bit of fortune. Well, yeah, <laughs> which not yeah. everyone sees, but, but yeah, I don't know. So he doesn't quite have the same status as he did at Force India when he was you know new to F1. So what do you think the next few years entail for him? Yes, he's got that contract at Alpine. Is he just going to see that out? Do you think? And if a top team doesn't come for him, he's just going to stay there for the next few years? Yeah, to be honest, that's kind of what. I that's what I see. I think just staying in, um, like I just it don't, unless his performance is, yeah, unless his, I don't think he's anywhere near the performance level where you get rid of him. Like, you know, I don't think that should be on the table right now. Um, but I think it will just be kind of year to year or contract to contract. If he has a couple of dangers, then he'll be at risk. I kind of see it as a bit of a Hulkenberg, um, career, really, just kind of staying, obviously, very. You know, highly At least talented. he's won a race and been on a podium. Uh, well, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, he's already better than that. But yeah, you know, highly touted coming in, getting to a midfield team and never, you know, kind of think maybe had a break to get there early on that didn't happen. And now, you know, I, I do. I just see him being, you know, that midfield driver, doing good performances in the midfield. I think he'll be a reliable driver for Alpine and he's very fast. But I just don't see where that step up would come from. And I think, yeah, like I said at the start, I think it'll be very season to season. If he has, a, if he puts a couple of really good seasons together, then he'll be in the market for that. But equally, if he has a couple of bad seasons, then, you know, he'll be looking at either a demotion or getting flushed out of F1, like we were talking about with Ricardo. So, yeah, I'm not, I think, you know, it depends who comes in. If he stays with Alpine, which I would expect he would, um, then it depends who comes in alongside him when Alonso finally leaves. Is it, you know, if it's Piastri, then his performances against Piastri will be the barometer. And um, yeah, I think it, it just, you know, he needs to be close to his teammate really to keep, keep staying there. But yeah, what, what do you kind of see from his, um, his future? I, I think I completely agree. He's not going to go to Red Bull because Verstappen's there. We know, they will those who don't get on very well for <laughs> Hamilton and Brussels are going to be at Mercedes for a couple more years at least. And then it's funny Ferrari, where unless Sainz and Leclerc fall out, then there could be an opportunity there. But I 
equally Ocon has a little bit of a character where he doesn't always listen to team orders yeah. kind of things. I don't think it suits Ferrari. So his best bet is exactly what you're saying. Stay at Alpine. Hope they can make that step forward and get towards the front, which might happen because the development the development rate is absolutely huge. And you know, Alpine have been bringing upgrades at every race, so they just got to keep chipping away, hoping they hope they get closer and just yeah, it's it's the hope that keeps you going, isn't it? And just hoping that next year that they are capable of getting podiums and possibly wins. So yeah, I think he's definitely doing a good enough job uh, to stay at Alpine. So I think that's what he's going to be for the next two three years i think yeah and i don't i don't think that's a bad you know that's no of course you not. know a hulkenberg career but with having won a race and um and got podiums in f1 i don't think it's a bad existence by any stretch it's you know it's it's a really solid career so it's mm. that's not a negative where if he stays in the midfield if he stays at alpine or aston martin or mclaren for the next 10 years then that's not you know, yes, he's not a, won a world championship, but it's not a failure by any stretch. It's just, you know, he's not only only six drivers, four four or six drivers can be in the top teams, and it, you know, he's just not in that bracket. So yeah, it's not a, it's not you know saying oh, Ocon's fail, but it's just you know I don't see him in that extremely high echelon, basically. Yeah, I'd have to yeah. agree. Um, how do you think he'll do this weekend? Question. I think. Thank you. I think I'll. Yeah, you're welcome. I think Alpine will be strong. I mean, they've been strong last few races. I think it's a it's a weird trap, Paul Ricard. It's super smooth. <coughs> no run off. Quite high, medium speed uh, turns. So, although on home soil, I'd like to think he can possibly beat Alonso on merit. That'll be quite good. Quite good to see. Uh, but yeah, I think you know. It, if there's no collisions up front, you'll still be sixth, seventh around that area. And if, you know, that, that's his target every weekend at the moment. Because I, mean, I think Alpine are clearly behind Mercedes now, uh, but just a little bit ahead of McLaren and Alfa Romeo, those 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 teams. Yeah. Yeah. He's not, um, he's never finished a race. Sorry, he never scored points at Paul Ricard. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. F1 has, and we buy into it as well, like the kind of narrative of, um, you know, it's the home race, da da da. And then I, I feel like more often than not just generally, then it disappoints. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I think obviously the Alpine engine, pretty strong. There's a fair amount of straights, you know, that long back. I'm really impressed with that because they had a, they've had the worst engine for, well, last year they certainly did. And to, for them to make the step they have, I think, mm. you know, it's kind of underestimated. They've made such, and it's been quite reliable as well, largely. Yes, Alonso, I think Alonso had a couple of problems, but it's not been, you know, Ferrari's been worse. The step Alpine, or Renault, the Alpine Renault engine has gone from last year to this year has been absolutely huge. So amazing job from, from, from the team. Yeah. Do you think it really was that bad last year? I'll tell you it was the worst, yeah. I'd uh, say definitely. Ferraris was... Ferraris, do you think? Yeah, well, I remember. I could be wrong. But, but yeah, I don't... Yeah, I think I think regardless, like, you know, the engine they've got, got out this, this season is fantastic. And it's... Yeah, it's... I think that'll be, you know, that double back straight um, at Paul Ricard, it should really suit that. But, um, yeah, it's... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not just going to predict him doing well because he's French. 
um, basically. I think I'm going to say he finishes ninth. Nice. We'll come back to that. No, we won't. Will we? <laughs> no, we won't. We never do. But maybe that. No, it won't. Anyway, um, yeah. And continuing with Paul Ricard, seeing it is, um, seeing it is the Grand Prix this weekend. Bit of com- conversation around the race because it's not. Last year was a great French Grand Prix. Before that, it's not really impressed. It was most, you know, most fans kind of bottom five mm-hmm. circuits on the calendar. So. Nigel, should it stay on the calendar? I think there needs to be a French Grand Prix because you've got Alpine as a team there, you've got Ocon, you've got Gasly, we used to have Grosjean. It's one of the first Grand Prix, like not F1 World Championship race, I was at Silso, it was where the first Grand Prix was held. It was in France in 19... I don't know, 11, 03, somewhere in the early 20th century. It was in Poe, I know that. Yeah, it was in... So I think... And there's, you know, the FIA as well, that's from France. So but the problem is there's no super amazing track, I guess. It's either Paul Ricard, Manny Core, or a street circuit, which they're going to have to build and that'll take a few years to sort out. So I wouldn't mind if it uh, dropped off the calendar, but equally, I think it gets a bit too much stick, I guess. From mm. fans, you know, in its current form, I think I think this year's if this year's is good as well, it will maybe change a lot of that because then you have two back to back years and it maybe becomes more about the the cars and not. But um, yeah, I think mm, out of the European ones, it's probably the one that I would mind shedding least. Mm. I'll say it that way. Um, Apart from maybe Spain. I mean, the thing is, there's no Germany, is there? And you got Mercedes, yeah. you got German drivers. Yeah. And, you know, we should always say that should come back to the track. And I'd rather have Germany over France. So, yeah. You know, and Germany's not going to come back anytime soon, I don't think. So, mm. um, that aspect as well. But it's yeah. what I talked about when uh, they announced Las Vegas. I said one of France, Monaco, Spa, or, or, or two or three of those. I'm going to go. So, yeah. and that is the problem. And that's why I wasn't in favour of Las Vegas. Uh, well, I so, think, I don't know. I, yeah. I I think if anywhere, I'd, I'd rather, as I said at the time, I'd rather see Miami go than Las Vegas. But mm. um, yeah, on Freddie also left a message from the beyond saying, should Paul Ricard stay? Hmm, I like the French Grand Prix. Paul Ricard is quite annoying though. So is Magni Give us a South of France street race. Oh, look, Monaco. Looks like it's a now. So he's saying, no, it shouldn't stay. I, which kind of fits into your thing as well. There is there is already a race in France. It's just in Monaco, but it is still in France. So, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I, I'd rather see it go than most races, really. Spain's the only one where I'm like, eh. I can I can make the argument. Then you got but... Alonso and Science, too, haven't you? And it's a classic um, track. I'd say Spain's more of a classic track. You know, they've been around yeah. since the early nineties, I think. Yeah, you know, and they've Ricard, renovated it. There was a massive thirty-year break, wasn't there? So 30, yeah, it's, 30 or 40 it's just years. not like as a spectacle. It's not that amazing either. So yeah, and there's talk of a South African Grand Prix, which could replace Spa on the calendar. These are just rumours at the moment, but we shall see. Um, and finally, on 
or keeping with the French Grand Prix, rather, Freddie thinks Mercedes are going to win it. Where do you... Um, he didn't say which Mercedes driver, though, so... Yeah, but the fact that he thinks Mercedes are going to win it, that's, that's laughing. Hungry. Hungry, that's the one. Hungry. Um, the one after France, that, that'll be the one. Uh, yeah, I don't think Mercedes are going to win it. I think they'll be... I think there'll be somewhere have, what, did, 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 did he say something then I forgot I didn't no. know <laughs> oh, I did not okay. uh, I think Mercedes will be somewhere between Silverstone and in fact no I think they'll be worthy where in Austria but they'll just qualify higher so they'll be like within the pit oh. stop window of Ferrari and Red Bull but I think they'll still be a couple of temps behind I think it'll be similar to kind of Canada that race for them I think uh, where Hamilton was like he had a great race but he was just a couple of times slower uh, they couldn't quite keep up so I think it'll be similar to that for Mercedes and then in terms of Red Bull Ferrari it's just, it's just a guessing game it's 50-50 it is we talked about it on the last podcast it's going to come come down to who can, del- who can deliver in Q3 on the final run and you know get that start on pole then it's just about tyre wear, which team can find the best setup to manage the tyres. Because Paul Ricard, as we saw last year, we had that great two stop versus one stop uh, strategy kind of race between Red Bull and Mercedes. So, so you do get tyre deg uh, at Paul Ricard. Uh, so I don't know. It's uh, I hate being on the fence, though. I'm going to edge towards Ferrari. I think. I think- I think Ferrari will be quicker on raw pace slightly. Yeah. I think the kind of, you know, the high speed or medium speed corners and the, you know, just long swooping corners into another corner. I hanged him out, poor Ricard. But I think that'll be, uh, I think they'll be quicker. But like you say, with the deck, it's just whoever can find the right setup and the right group with that. But I am also going to say Ferrari. But I think they screw up the strategy and Red Bull win. <laughs> so <laughs> that's. Like, I just don't trust them. I just, um, yeah. So, I was going to say Perez win, but no, it's not going to happen, is it? Just... On, you said Ferrari, but then you can say Perez. Oh, yeah, screw up the strategy. I think Leclerc, yeah. Paul Leclerc win. I think that. You say Paul Leclerc win. Le- Le- Paul Leclerc, is that the circuit name? Is it? <laughs> Paul Leclerc. <laughs> 50 no, Rob Baker Leclerc. From, from Clermont. Ah, it was <laughs> Leclerc. We have the same name. He's a fantastic guy. Charles Leclerc. Yeah. <laughs> Charles Leclerc. Oh, okay. Uh, Ferrari, they come up, they say, oh, you can you can have the seat for today. Charlie's feeling unwell. He has too much pastry. We... Yeah, you ride. And then and then he wins. So that's Nigel's prediction. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. What do I have to put You're going to have to put up with it in person on Tuesday. So, you know, don't don't use all your frustration up now. Um, I up. <laughs> <laughs> You're picking up my certificate thing or whatever to give you. <laughs> I have to take my glasses off and then I can't see. So <laughs> I probably will shake him left-handed just because I don't can't see what he's holding. You're shaking someone else if you're not careful. Oh dear, oh dear, what, what a way, what a way to end the podcast. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for listening, and we shall see what happens both with Nigel's graduation and Freddie's graduation, which we've not talked about because he is, uh, you know, he likes graduation. But yeah, we'll see you after that for hopefully a review of a very exciting French Grand Prix but bye for now thanks very much for listening see ya